Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Are you feeling like your partner is spending too much time talking to their ex and not quite sure what to do about it? Well, we're going to solve that today. The thing to, and this is really for those, you know, people in a relationship uh, where the ex-partner There's not a good relationship. You know, there are plenty of ex-spouses that, you know, navigate co-parenting or, um, you know, dynamics with kids very well. Like, they get along really well. But, unfortunately, most exes don't have that dynamic. And there's a level of frustration there. Um, There's a level of discord. Obviously, there are those relationships where there were no kids involved. Well, if that's the case, the answer is pretty simple. Why are they still talking to each other? Like, that's pretty black and white. There's no reason for them to be in contact. Of course, if they ran into each other in public, they're polite, you know, nice to see you. There's no animosity. But if they're still in contact, that's a massive red flag. There should be no reason for that to be on a friendship level and getting text messages that are personal in nature when you're in a relationship. Now, of course, this depends on the type of relationship you want. If, if you want something that's, you know, your morals and values are a committed relationship without emotional connection to someone of the opposite sex outside of the relationship, then this is where that holds true. That if there's any communication at all, the, you know, besides the random bumping into each other, That's a massive red flag. And at the end, I'm going to talk about how to set boundaries and how to navigate stepping up and going, hey, this isn't working for me in the relationship. And and I'd like to talk about this. Now, going back to the original premise I brought up of, you know, you have an ex-spouse and you share kids. You see this a lot. Like I had a client. I'll give you a couple client stories. One was a female and her ex would or she was dating a new um man and the man's ex like in dropping off the kids the you know her boyfriend is at work and the ex-wife wouldn't talk to her directly to trade the kids out like she's pulling up to drop the kids off and she calls the ex at work the man and talks to him about it well he's not even home and that she, you know, she's like saying, is this okay? She's getting text, he's getting text messages from her at nine, 10 o'clock at night, talking about all these random things that really don't have anything to do with the kids or, or it's, you know, little insignificant stuff, but there's this constant communication between the two. And instead of dealing, you know, the kids were older, so it'd be more appropriate of a 14, 15, 16 year old to, you know, communicate, you know, simple things, nothing deep and intense, but simple messages between the kids. Hey, tell your dad this, tell your mom this, you know, don't forget about, you know, the school function at five o'clock on Thursday, you know, those superficial type of messages through the kids is fine. Anything deeper than that is not appropriate. Um, But 
she, in, instead of dealing with the kids, you know, uh, sending it to them or, you know, through them or, you know, talking to the new girlfriend, she's constantly texting the, you know, the ex. Um, that's highly inappropriate. There shouldn't be that level of communication between exes. The bottom line is this. If you have an ex, whether you were married or lived together or whatever, and you had kids, the only communication that really should be had is basic life or death situation about the kids or, you know, here's some information of this function that, you know, the kids were staying with me. I want to make you aware of it. That's it. Anything beyond superficial kind of navigation of what the kids are doing or not doing or the kids, you know, immediate well-being, like if the kids are at your house and something happens, well, of course, you have to reach out, hey, we're heading to the hospital or, hey, we were skateboarding and Joey broke his arm. I want you to know, you know, but, you know, those kinds of things, they need to be included in that. But anything else is highly inappropriate. Also, you'll see this a lot. Spouses will you give way too much information to the kids about the dynamics of the breakup, how one person was a jerk or anything like that. All of that is just not appropriate. Kids are kids. Their job is to be a kid. Their job isn't to get adult information about their parent. The bottom line is this. Kids want to love both of their parents. And so when any parent disparages the other, you're doing what's called parental alienation. You're putting your child in a double bind. And what I hear from the parents that do this, they go, well, I just want them to know the truth. It's important that they know the truth. That's a lie. It's not the truth. It's the spouse dumping their unhealed anger and manipulating the kids, using the kids emotionally to dump all of that and make them the carrier of their unhealed emotions, of their um, resentment and anger, which is an adult responsibility to heal. It's not a child's responsibility, um, any of that stuff. Like, if you know, in my situation, when I went through this, my ex did a lot of parental alienation. And so my kids would go, well, mom said this, mom said you did this, mom said you did that. And, and so if you're in that situation, the key is this, don't ever explain it. I mean, my kids were under 10, you know, they were at the beginning of it, four and seven, you know, and it lasted for years. And my response was always, you know what? That's adult information. Your job is to be kids. Your mom and dad love you. And that's all that matters. And, and I mean, the accusations, and it's it's not easy when the kids are going, well, mom said this, you know, or conversely, dad said this, that you're the, you know, you did this and you did that. I love you. I know that's scary and I know you're unsure, but that's adult information. And maybe someday, you know, that'll be something we talk about, but not right now. Your job is to be a kid. And all all you need to know is both your mom and dad love you. That's how you respond. You don't bite because that's that. Then now you have parental dual um, parental alienation when one attacks and they're the other one defends. Now the kids are caught in the middle. Wait, who's telling the truth? Who's the villain? Who do I attach to? And you'll see this a lot. Like I know a lot of people on Facebook or you know social media will post how the kids you know hate going to the exes. Well, what most people don't know is. That's usually because the, the parent that they like spending the most time with is the most abusive. It's true. 
not always, I don't want to pin this, but almost, you know, the vast majority of the time, if kids don't want to go see one parent, it's because the parent that they want to stay with is the most abusive. It's a form of Stockholm syndrome because ultimately we need to survive. You know, we have a, a basic human need that we need physical and emotional connection. And so what happens when, and this is adults too, that's where they found out. Stockholm syndrome comes from, uh, there's a bank robbery in Stockholm and they took captors. And by the end of it, the captors had surrounded the bank robbers because their life depended. You know, these they were held at gunpoint. And so what they, these adults eventually um, emotionally connected to their captors because they, that's what we do. It's like, well, wait a minute, my life, my survival depends on you. I have to find a way to love you and be okay with you. And if I love you, maybe you'll like me enough not to kill me. And that's what will happen to kids. They will overly attach to the abusive spouse. And because their, their life is threatened and they, you know, so they'll say they don't want to go here, but it's only because they're safe. There's no threat here. And so again, I'm not saying every, in every instance, but in almost all instances, that's the case. The children are identifying with the abusive spouse or the abusive parent. Again, every situation is different. I, you know, maybe in yours, it's, you know, I can see I'm going to get all this hate mail or email or comments. Again, I, you know, not every situation. So you don't need to defend yourself if, you know, you're in that situation where you truly do have an abusive ex. Um, but in most cases, it's the exact opposite of what people think. Um, the kids are just trying to survive. And so when we, then skip that loop and and create this connection with our ex it create that's part of what creates the alienation is the kids are confused wait a minute you both have new partners or one of you has a new partner and it puts them in this incredible double bind they don't know who to attach to and so generally whoever is disparaging one side more than the other that's who they'll attach to and claim they want to spend more time with. I, you know, I have a client who that's the situation. The husband is very, very manipulative and constantly uses the kids and tells the kids about the mom's imperfections. And, you know, the kids rarely want to go see mom. Well, dad's the abusive one. Um, he massively emotionally manipulates the kids, um, still tries to manipulate her, calls her all the time, tries to get her to come over, tries to go to dinner, like, you know, is still like hounding her, even though they're divorced. Um, and a clear, firm boundaries need to be set in those situations. So the, the simple rule is this, if you're with somebody who's having a lot of communication with an ex, if it is anything beyond simple logistics or safety concerns of the kids, it's inappropriate. It's vastly inappropriate. And that's a massive red flag. And so the question becomes, what do you do about it? Well, the first thing, you know, you have to, I mean, we can't be blamed. Most people don't know these dynamics. They get in a relationship. We just don't teach you know, about parenting or relationships. So people are just doing the best they can. They get in this situation. Um, and the general inclination is to yell at the spouse, you know, their partner that they're with and try and control them and get them to change. Well, the first step is, is to stop that because ultimately in every relationship, the partner is never to blame. 
ever. I don't care what they did. You know, I had an abusive spouse. She's not to blame. And the reason is this. I picked her. And so did you. You picked this person. And so no relationship starts unless we pick the other person. And so any problems we're having in the relationship, we have to take ownership of that first. Wow. I picked this person. Why did I choose this type of person who is keeping an emotional connection to their ex? That's about me. Why did I want that in my life? Now, I know everyone say, well, I didn't know that. I didn't want it. But the truth, and that's the point. Because we didn't get emotional mastery, because we didn't go become an expert in relationship dynamics and parenting dynamics, we have to take responsibility for that. We chose not to educate ourselves. Now, it doesn't make us bad. Again, we don't teach the stuff and society says, oh, it doesn't matter. But that's just the truth. Here I am in this situation, so I have a choice. I can play the victim, point the finger at them, take no responsibility, and there's a wonderful payoff to that. Think of that. I get to stay the child. I never have to take ownership of my life. I can always then <clears throat> bring in my friends and go, oh, poor me, look at how awful this is. I'm so giving, I'm so nice, I'm so patient. Oh my God, you're great. Do you see the power dynamic that that gives us and how it makes our partner, then we can control them, we can manipulate them, we can get them to you know, give us stuff and we never have to take ownership. So that's the first thing we have to accept is I did the best I could. I wish I'd have known about this stuff. I'm not a bad person because I didn't know about this stuff, but now I'm watching this video and now I'm aware. Wow. Okay. Well, it's time for me to do something about that. I need to gain emotional mastery and some relate, you know, skill sets and, um, or skills and tools in relationship dynamics and recognize, man, I need to increase my education a little bit. So here I am in this situation. I have to stop blaming them, stop controlling them, and stop demanding that they be different. I now know that this is how my partner, because of their own lack of information, um, they don't know that this is incorrect. I have to make my request known. I have to start setting boundaries and limits. And so the first thing to do is to recognize, okay, I did the best I could, but now I'm in this situation, but this doesn't work for me. So the first, you have to ask yourself two questions. What are your morals and values? What's your, what are your negotiables and non-negotiables? If your morals and values are, I don't get in a relationship with people who still have an emotional connection to their ex, well, you're going against your morals and values. That's up to us to fix, not them. They're never, remember, they're never responsible for that. We have to meet our own needs and wants. Now we have to decide, is this negotiable or non-negotiable? So in other words, you know, there are certain traits in our partner that we're not so crazy about, but we go, well, I can put up with that. It's negotiable. Other things, it's a hard line. No, I won't have this. So if you decide it's non-negotiable, this now that I see my morals and values are with this new information that this is highly inappropriate, it's highly toxic for everyone involved, it mean it makes intimacy between us impossible because if they're basically carrying on this emotional connection with an ex, they haven't left the relationship. They're involved. And, and they may not see it. They may be in denial. Go, oh, it's not a big deal. We just talk. But that's their denial. And they get to have that denial. 
you know, we can't change it. That's their, right now, that's their level of growth. That's what they're capable of seeing and admitting to themselves. They don't have the emotional mastery or relationship school skills and tools to recognize how toxic that is for everyone involved. That doesn't make them bad. That's just where they are in their journey. But we have new information and we see, wait a minute, this doesn't work in my journey. So I need to set some boundaries and limits. So how do you do that? Well, the key is this, we have to own it. So as I work with my clients that, you know, I teach them how to, you know, approach something like this. And, and the way you'd approach it is in this manner. You say, look, I'd like to schedule time to sit and talk to you about something. Does tomorrow at seven work? You know, you negotiate a time to start with. Say they agree, you show up on time for that discussion and you say, look, I've noticed something and I've become aware of something. I just learned that my morals and values, I, I wasn't aware that I have a moral and value that if I'm with somebody that they don't have connections to, you know, exes or other people of the opposite sex in their life. And I've discovered that's non-negotiable. Now, I wish I'd have known this beforehand. I wish I had, you know, the emotional mastery and, and the information on how relationship dynamics worked. So I could have made this more clear to you uh, when we first got started, you know, seeing each other. Um, I'm sad that I didn't have that information, um, but this is where I am now. And so I've noticed um, that your ex, there's a lot of communication. Um, that things that go beyond just simple logistics about the kids, um, you know, or life or death situations that there's communication that would be considered um, intimate and connected, at least from my view, because what I've learned is if there's any communication that goes beyond just logistics or life or death situation with the kids, that's an emotional connection. And what I've realized is that's non-negotiable for me. Again, I wish I'd have known this earlier. Uh, I did the best I could with where I was, but now that I'm aware of it, I see that I can't have this in, my in, in the relationship I'm in. So what I'd like to ask is that you go off and think about that and decide what your morals and values are and what's negotiable and non-negotiable for you. And then I'd like to have another discussion to see where you are. And hopefully we agree. Hopefully we're on the same page. But the current level of communication with your ex doesn't work for me. And so I'd like to, you know, negotiate that um, and come to, you know, create a change in it. But I can tell you this, if it goes it, where I am on this, what is non-negotiable for me is that if there's any communication outside of life or death situations or basic logistics with the kids, that's non-negotiable and that won't work for me. So I just wanted to let you know where I stand. Do you hear how I did that? There was no, you did this and this is her. Like there was no pointing the finger at the other person. Total ownership of, hey, I did the best I could. I wish I'd have known this. No one's to blame. We're all doing the best we can. But now I have new information. Now I know something different about myself. I know it's a change. And it would have been nice had I known this earlier because, you know, we wouldn't say this, but, you know, the natural thought is maybe we would have never gotten together because maybe this would have been discussed early on and they would have disagreed. Who knows? But the point is there's no finger pointing because they're not to blame and they get to live their life any way they want. This is the biggest mistake we make in relationships. <clears throat> 
people, because of movies and TV, have this belief that when we get together, our partner has to give up everything and sacrifice and compromise to love us. Well, that's not love and compromise. That's not, that's manipulative. It's codependent. Compromise is wonderful. It's great in a relationship, but only, only if it works with our morals and values, our own needs and wants, and our own negotiables and non-negotiables. If we go against ourselves, if we give in and we compromise just out of love because it's the right thing to do for a relationship, what happens? Think about it. How many things do you resent your partner for that you sacrificed and went, oh, I did this because of love and they won't do it back. And so what, literally, why do all relationships end? Because both sides go, well, I did this and they, and they wouldn't give me this. And well, I did this and you wouldn't give me this. It's two people racing to the victim position. I did more for you and you wouldn't give me this. No, what I did was better and what you did was worse. No, no, no. I mean, they just are fighting over how they compromised and gave something to their partner and their partner didn't give it back. Well, do you see? That's not love. Your compromise, your being there and doing everything for your partner, you weren't. You were manipulating them. And I'm, that's a hard truth. And again, I don't blame people. We don't teach this. But movies and TV show us this fantasy of, oh my God, if I just give up everything, they'll love me and I'll get everything I want. That's not real life. That's codependence. It never works. But that's how we've been raised on relationships is through media. And that's why we have to go become an expert and learn about these things. We did the best we could. We were basically all raised by codependent parents and codependent images through media. And we think that's love and relationship. It's not. And that's why the divorce rate is over 50%. We did the best we could with the information we were given. But all that did was create two people who victimized themselves by giving themselves away manipulating the other person by look how much I'm doing for you and then both race to the victim position of I did more and you never gave me this and what you did was worse. And that's how every relationship ends is both sides claiming I'm the bigger victim. Well, the truth is we both victimized, you know, we, we all victimize each other. We all give ourselves away. And the solution is we are all personally responsible for doing that to ourselves and the other person. Now think of it, look at what I'm suggesting here. Do you see what I'm laying out? Two people who at every step of the way, before they say yes to something, they consider, wait a minute, if I do this for them, am I gonna throw it back in their face and race to the victim position about how I did this for them? Am I gonna keep score, hold it against them, bring it up in the future? If I choose to do that, then I'm laying the groundwork for a divorce. Am I will? Is that love? And both sides considering that. But when both sides know this, now they can sit and have a discussion. Look, I know this is really important to you. But now that we have this new information about relationships and emotional mastery, if I say no to you here, can you see how much how loving that is? And how connecting that is, because I'm not going to beat you over the head with it later of how I did this. Because I know if I do this, I'm going to resent you. And both sides doing that, and all of a sudden it's like, wow, I'm so glad you said no to me. I'm so glad you set that boundary. I feel a lot safer now. Do you see how that ends fights? When everybody comes in and goes, look, 
I did the best I could with the information I had at that time. I now see who I am and my beliefs are different. Can we have a discussion? And if not, then maybe we're going to have to make some changes and it could be the end of the relationship. And I know that scares people like, well, I don't want to lose the relationship. Well, do you see you're not in a relationship? If they're having that much communication with the ex, they're emotionally connected to somebody else. You have a, now again, what are your morals and values? Do you want, a, do you, is it best for you to have someone who's 50, 50 in the relationship? Maybe that's your moral and value. So this is perfect. Nothing should change. Maybe you want 70%. But if you want true intimacy, true connection, if that's your moral and value, well, you're already in a relationship where you're going against your own morals and values. You're breaking your own negotiables and non-negotiables. They are not responsible for that. We are. And so then we have to ask ourselves, wow, why am I robbing myself of true love and intimacy and trying to blame the other person? That's a deep question. Where did I learn that it's okay, that I'm not good enough, that I will accept this and I will allow myself to be treated this way and that I'll even stay in the relationship that I'm so afraid to start over, that I'll stay in something that kills me every single day, that I somehow think that's better than leaving the relationship. Think of that. That's high levels of shame and low self-worth. Well, emotional mastery would teach us, wow, I guess I need to look back at childhood and how did my parents send the message to me that I'm not worthy of their love? I mean, we've all, every parent does that. I mean, every parent is perfectly imperfect and takes away our sense of ourself. And the proof of that is, do you ever talk down to yourself? Do you ever beat yourself up? We all do. Well, that voice isn't ours. We weren't born with that voice. That's not our authentic self. That's a voice we learned from our parents. That's a message they gave us. And so when we're beating ourselves up, all we're doing is using our parents' voices the way they said we weren't good enough against ourselves. Well, we might want to consider healing that. Because if we don't, we can't have intimacy and love for ourselves because we're, look, we're staying in a relationship where it goes against us. Do you hear how self-shaming that is? I'm staying in this. That's heartbreaking. That my worth is, was so taken from me as a child that this is, I will accept this in my part from my partner. That's what that means. Are you okay with that? Are you tired of that pain? Are you tired of that shaming voice that you learn from your parents? Think of it. <clears throat> that, those condemnations, they're the exact same things that were said either directly or indirectly through an eye roll or a, a dismissive way that your parents treated you. And you're reliving that against yourself. Isn't it time to heal that? Isn't it time? Now, I'm not saying every relationship should break up, but if, re- if both people got watched this video and got into reality of, oh my God, we're both shaming ourselves and each other because of unhealed pain. Why don't we work on this together? Why don't, 
you heal yours and I'll heal mine. And we'll stop racing to the victim position. And we'll both start racing to the love and intimacy position. And start taking ownership and responsibility for how we show up in the relationship. That's love. I'm not going to blame you. I'm going to own me. I'm going to see that whatever your imperfections are, I chose it. And that means I need to look at myself and go, why? Where did I learn this? And if I go heal that in me, then I no longer blame you for it. That's how you create love and intimacy. So, how much communication should there be with an ex? Virtually none. It should just be around logistics with the kids, any life-threatening situation with the kids, and that's it. If they don't, if there weren't any kids, there really shouldn't be any communication. If your morals and values are you want 100% intimacy and connection. If you don't know how to do that, well, that's my whole program and everything. If you'd like suggestions on how to learn how to do that, I can please send me a comment. I'll give you the whole list of books so you can start learning emotional mastery, relationship mastery. Uh, you know, there are things that I teach and that are in my books, but there are countless other authors that I have all my clients read because you need this information if you want true intimacy and connection and you want to end the discord and the race to the victim position. So if you're ready for that, just send me an email and you'll get that love and connection that you deserve.